I knew that he was 17, and I knew that at 17, he was a virgin. I'm Bryce. This is Plastic Urns. That was Brian describing how he knew how old his friend Andrew was when he died. Brian is a farmer, a sound engineer, for instance, on this very episode. And as far as I can tell from the one time we went fishing together, a thoroughly average fisherman. More importantly than all of that, though, he also just became a dad. As a side note, if you hear another voice in this episode, that's Sebastian who you may remember for his pizza story in a prior episode, and happened to be in the studio as we were recording. Brian lost his best friend Andrew when they were quite young, but will forever cherish and be scarred by the experiences they had together. This one time we were at the beach, we had just been playing football or something, so we were laying down and he was like, he pretended there was something in my armpit, like, a, I don't know, like a, a wasp or some shit like that. He was like, what the fuck is that? Look, so I'd go like this. And he took the gum out of his mouth and stuck it in my armpit. (laughs) (laughs) I've never wanted to fucking punch somebody so bad, but I couldn't, you know? It's like that. You you had the presence of mind to come up with some shit like that. I'm not even... How do you you get gum out of an armpit? You got to go home and cut it out. (laughs) Oh, God. You know? So now you're standing there. You're the asshole standing there like this (laughs) with some scissors trying to figure your shit out. And it's... It's genius. <laughs> it's genius, and you want to kill him, but it's genius. Did he have um, other? Did he have other pranks? Oh yeah, he was always like trying to, you know, he was always trying to push you. He was very intelligent, and he knew he got off on buttons. You know, if he knew what your button was, uh, he would pick the the worst time to go for it. He was very good at it, and people hated him for that. <laughs> very intelligent. Very. I guess on the opposite end, he could be very kind, you know? I remember him doing some of the kindest things that you that I'd ever seen a person do. He was he was quick to welcome the outsider. He was quick to make sure that people didn't feel bullied. To adopt or at least try to adopt the opposite opinion. I think that if he would that the thing we think about the most is what we'd have been like if he'd survived. Because yep. don't don't make any mistake. He's he was a fucking asshole. But <laughs> you know, we all have we all have those people in our lives and we love him. Sure. And I think that if he was if he had had an opportunity politically, I think he would have been very successful in politics to direct that hmm. his ability to to like control an argument yeah. in the right way, I think he'd have been powerful. Because you just he crippled you because he made you so mad. And he knew how to do it. And he would say it, he would make valid points. <laughs> again, you know, he was 17, so what? If right. he was good at arguing at 17, I can't imagine, you know, with, like, hard work what that would have turned into. Yeah. I remember it because that's, I knew that he was 17, and I knew that at 17 he was a virgin. <laughs> I knew that man died a virgin. That's the way that it stuck in my head. I just want you to know the way that we're about to remember him is that he died a virgin. 
Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's real. That's that's exactly how, uh, you know, we were that young. The only reason I remember an age is because I remember how young he was. To me, it's just a blur. But I remember that Andrew died at 17. And I think I remember that because, you know, at the time, we were just living. That's what it is to us. We're 17 years old. But everybody around us kept talking about how tragic it was that he was that young. And you don't, like, I didn't realize until I looked back on it that you don't know how to handle that shit when you're that young. You have no idea what to do. Most people don't know how to, ha don't know how to handle it, period. It was a random Caribbean holiday that happened to land on, I think, a Tuesday. So for some reason, we went to school on Monday. I might have the days mixed up, but we went to school on Monday didn't have school Tuesday, had to come back to school on Wednesday. So naturally, we have to find a way to, to wedge a party in there somewhere. It wasn't really a party. It, it was just he had just gotten his turntables. So people were, were trying to DJ, you know, learning how to DJ. And we didn't have to go to school, so there was beer. And it wasn't like there wasn't really any, like, sloppiness, you know. It wasn't more than, like, a few beers for the majority of us. Staying at Andrew's house was a thing. They had the room, so many people could be there a lot of the time, and that was, like, the custom. But because it was the middle of the week, everybody had to go home. I remember before I left the house, I asked him, you know, I pleaded with him, like, yo, just promise me you're going to stay here because he's at his house and he's trashed. And... He said, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, so we left. So the, the people that would have forced him to stay home left. And other cats had the idea to go for a race. And they raced and they drove down the, you know, they made it like probably 12 or 15 miles down the island. And they took one wrong turn and he hit a telephone pole and that was it. And it was him, he was driving and then there was a friend, two friends in the car. One in the front seat, one in the back seat. They both lived. And Andrew, the car went out of control. He swerved out of the S-turn the wrong way. Telephone pole went right into the driver's side. And, yeah, he, he was super fucked up, and he got behind the wheel, and he died. And you... You just, you, you go home and you know they were having a good time and you feel like it was going to be funny because he was going to feel like shit the next day. And my mother came and woke me up. We were staying in a friend's house at a time and I was sleeping in the living room. Uh, she came and she didn't say anything. She just, she kind of sat at the bed and it was really early. I knew it was really early in the morning. I could tell by the light. And she said like, what did you guys do last night? So I knew that she knew we were partying. I didn't know what she actually wanted to know. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we just played some music and had some fun. And I was home early. I had to be home. So she couldn't really question me too much. And she said, how was Andrew last night? Was Andrew okay last night? I said, yeah, we're both fine. Like, he's, yes, we drank, but it was cool. And she, then she got really serious. And she said, was he okay? And I said, what's wrong? She said, he's dead. 
And then she told me he got in the car, and then I went numb. I went numb for, like, months. That's all I had. That's all. I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know how to. He's, he, you're there one day, and you're not thinking about anything at all, but, like, football and titties and whatever else, and then he's gone. How did you get out of that numbness? I don't know. I'm not sure that I ever did. Because I think up to that time, death itself wasn't really a stranger to me. It wasn't the first time I had heard of somebody being killed. It wasn't the first time somebody that I knew had died. It wasn't the most violent death I had heard about. It was the one that didn't make any sense. I felt like I was supposed to be the strong one. I don't know if I've cried about it ever. Like, he and I were so close. I was with him every weekend for, like, that part of my life. So people wanted to make sure that I was okay. So it was a lot of, you can go home if you want to. It was a lot of, if you feel like you can't focus, don't worry about it. It was a lot of, tell me what you're feeling, don't bottle it up, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the don't bottle it up got a lot worse for me in particular because I was so close to him and because I wasn't, I wasn't falling apart. I was sad. I was confused. But I wasn't like, I wasn't unable to function. And people didn't like that. They wanted you to be more. Yeah. They, some people got angry. Some people insisted that I needed to find a way to deal with it appropriately, you know? Were these students, adults, both? Oh, all of which, all of the above. And I've never, I've never been the kind of person to like, if I'm really feeling something, I'm not going to try and hide it. I don't want you to think I'm cool. If I'm, re- if I'm, if I'm feeling sadness, you're going to know that I'm feeling sadness. If I'm overwhelmed, you're going to know that I'm overwhelmed. And this is the first time I've ever said this, but I realized that I wasn't overwhelmed as much as I was just confused. I understood death. I feel like at 17, I understood death, but I don't, I will never understand why he made that decision. You know? I think a lot of things have to do with schema mm. and kind of the, the mind frames or the mindsets that we can fit them into. Yeah. So you have a plat, like you had a rough reference point for grandparent dying yeah. or parent dying based on what your parents did. Yeah. But you had no reference point for your best friend dies. Nowhere to put it. And so perhaps <clears throat> the only thing that you have to work with there is just numbness and nothing because there you had no example of it. That's literally, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's the best way that I, that's the best way that I can describe it without sounding guilty. Like I think that there is something wrong with me because I don't, no. you know, I've never like, I've, I've, I get sad about it all the time. I get like, what is the word? Whimsical about it all the time. Like wondering, like, you know, I have a baby on the way and his mother was one of the first people to tell me how happy she was. And I'm th- I, I know that with that text message, there's also... I'm never going to see that from my own son. And that shit tears me up inside. But the reaction isn't to cry. The reaction isn't, is to do something else. I guess that's just me. Yeah. Um, dealing with his mother uh, 
afterward was one of was the hardest part of the whole scenario 100% hands down she hated me she hated me because i think she hated me because i was one of the people that left and had i stayed there things would have definitely been different and she hated the fact that nobody stopped partying i think and she hated uh it was the gathering at his house after he died my mother was trying to console her mother his mother sorry uh she didn't know what to say you know his mother's falling apart day after day after day it was bad it was it was it was hard to watch she's trying to console her and everybody that's close to us was around you know all of the friends and family in the house and she for whatever reason it sneaks out of her mouth that i'm sorry jackie it was just his time Yeah man. It's an option. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was uh that's not what you say. No. Jackie went over the moon. Yeah. As she should in front of everybody screaming and crying and and yelling and cussing at the top of her lungs at the top of her lungs in a scenario where everybody's trying to figure out what to do and this can't get any worse and you know i was a member of the family that dared to say something as stupid as that so for years nothing about it was overt but you i could just see it you know i could tell whenever she spoke to me that she hated me she didn't want anything to do with me i think that she resented the fact that i was still alive that's how it felt how did you get back to a state of normalcy where you know, I, she's congratulating you on your i think we just grew daughter. It took years for us to grow out of what whatever you know it took years for her to grow out of that pain and that, how how do you you're a mother's firstborn we not can ever know how that feels but it took years of of I'm convinced that she she searched for a way to find forgiveness yeah Were there any lighter or brighter or funnier things that fell out in the wake of his death? I think that I saw him in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. It was about 2 weeks later. We're in the same house. This house is right on a beach. And it's up high and it's a violent beach, so there's salt spray everywhere. Things are rusted shut, you know. the doors that hadn't been opened for about a year were rusted shut there were two of these doors in the living room where i was sleeping and i remember my father came and tried to wake me up to go to get to go to school but he didn't like he didn't touch me he didn't do anything i just woke up and he was sitting there and he was smiling these two doors have been rusted shut we had you know it wasn't our house we tried every key we couldn't open the doors and they were wide open and he he was just sitting at sitting there staring at me and he said did you do that and he pointed and i was like No. And he laughed and he got up and he walked away. And I I know that in our minds we were thinking the same thing. He didn't do it, you know. M- my mother didn't do it. It was just the three of us in the house. We didn't know how to get the doors open and wide open. I'm talking about rust, right? <laughs> like rust everywhere. We can't there's nothing we can do about it. When you like when people talk about being afraid of ghosts, That's the kind of shit that I think of. I think that I have ghosts that just want to 
poke fun at me. You, you think know? that was Andrew just fucking with you? I 100% believe that. <laughs> yep. One, no, there's no question in my mind that that's what it was. He just opened the rest so that you would be like, how the fuck did this happen and confuse everyone? No question in my mind that that's what it was. I don't, I mean, how else do you, tell me what happened, you know? It's wild. Uh, lighter stories. I mean, no. <laughs> no, it just, it was the most confusing thing I'd ever seen. We, we, we tried to make light of it, and in many cases, it just didn't, it didn't work. It was tragic. This kid died at 17. He's never going to see college. He's never going to see, you know, you can't, you want to do right by him. But there was no point of it afterward where things, it was forever different. His brother was forever different. His mother was forever different. I remember that I, I was asked to speak. You know, the school, the school had a thing and I had to speak at the school thing and the funeral had a thing, and I had to speak at the funeral thing, and I fucked both of them up royally. <laughs> I said what I had to say, but in retrospect, what I had to say, I was trying to be funny, and you're just not supposed to be funny at that time. I don't know how well-received it was. It felt like it was well-received, and I guess it's just by a population of other people that don't know how to handle what they're going through. But to think about the fact that I stood up there and told a joke, not told a joke, but I told a story about him that I thought, was endearing, which was <laughs> his mother was screaming at him to come inside to do something. There was like a full, way I remember there was like 15 people in the house and they could all see him and his mother screaming at him to come inside. He took his pants down and put his ass up against the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like his mother is fully pissed already <laughs> before this, you know. <laughs> That's the shit that he was known for. <laughs> so you stand up and you say that to the people that know him and they crack, they're crying, but they crack the fuck up. And as a 17-year-old, you feel accomplished, you know? Yeah. But if a motherfucker stands up and tells a joke, if when I'm dead, I'm going to be upset. You better be upset. You better, like, you know, say, give me a tearjerker or something, man. Right. I got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. When I, I, sure, I'll say some useful things. Yeah, but, but it's going to be funny. There will be a levity to it. I, I made jokes when my parent and my yeah. I guess you have I, to. I, I think I think it's about the balance, right? I, I yeah. frankly, you're you you were, and like you were thinking, like what would Andrew want? Or like who is he? Yeah. Based on what you've said, yeah, that sounds like the kind of. Fun shit he'd do. It's true. I, I was trying to be as real about it as I, as I could at the time. And I don't know. For whatever reason, I've carried some guilt with the fact or get some guilt for the fact that, that, you know, I try to make it funny. It seems like that went along with, like, you not, like, you not seeming sad enough when it happened. Of course. And those two things went hand in yeah, hand. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. if I told a joke, then that's another way I'm not sad enough. Of course, yeah. But, like... I mean, I, I presume that your entire eulogy was not, let me tell you about Andrew. <laughs> that man's got a smooth ass. Like, <laughs> I don't think that was how the full eulogy went. Mm -mm. I presume it was also wrapped in with, like, and I'll miss him so much because he could have done these things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's a thing you need to get down on yourself or carry with you. Because you best believe I ended up giving a speech at uh, <laughs> your service. Fuck, I might just make up a story at this point. 
And they're like, man, I think you y'all should have seen Brian's ass. You used to break that thing out left, right, and center. We all had it in our faces. <laughs> Dude, seriously though, like when I'm like when I when I die and there's there's eulogy speeches, you better hope they fucking rip me one. Yeah, left, right, and you center. You got to. I guess if you don't, you Every, know, if it doesn't happen, they're not being genuine. Everyone's sad already. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't have to like rub it in anymore. Like, get the good stuff out. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. I maintain it would be hilarious if, like, if when my dad died, so work gave me a collection of cards that were, like, like thinking of you in these hard times kind of things. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted people to sign them and be like, happy birthday, and then cross and be like, fuck, wrong card. I messed this one up. Uh, sorry you're dealing with some shit. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Someone, I wrote on one, at least one of those cards. I don't remember. Didn't what write I happy birthday. No, though. it wasn't some funny shit. I'll tell you that. You didn't write like congrats on your no, quinceanera. No, I renounced the funny shit, dude. I'd, I think the, fu- <clears throat> the, fu- the funny shit's important, and I think a lot of this comes back to our schema. So many of our schema and our tropes around death mm-hmm. come from like shitty from people who haven't experienced it. That reminds me, there was like this weird thing that happened in high school where, like, for six years straight some member of the class died in some tragic death and we went to this the fun- the the service at school for this girl in the class of, in front of us who died in a car accident and we came back to it was lunch afterward and Andrew announced to all of us the year before he died because they planted a tree for Anissa and he was pissed and he got up and he was <laughs> like if <laughs> if something happens to me do not plant a fucking tree. <laughs> I, re- I remember that vividly. He said, do not plant a fucking tree. And I don't remember what he said he wanted. I know that whatever he tried to say that day was funny, you know. <laughs> yep. And I know that what they did instead of a tree, we used to call him Ducky, was they put a uh, like a Ducky, uh, you know, the toy with the kids. On the seesaw, but mm-hmm. it's it's not a seesaw. It's just an animal in a spring. Yeah, it's a spring with a thing on top. This one on was top, a duck. and you go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now he didn't commission this shit. You know, it wasn't his choice. But the school had this trend of like, that's really fucking morbid. Is like the school has to decide what to do. <laughs> and I've seen it three Jesus. of them. I've seen three of them. Jesus, yeah. I've seen two trees and a ducky. Wait, is there is there an Andrew Ducky out there? There, I don't know. Wait, what do you mean? Like at the school or like a yeah. Donald Duck? No, like at the school. Oh, it's still. I think like it's a, still there. A piece of playground equipment. Um, For dedicated. Andrew, 100%. Are you going to put your kids on it? Oh, fuck. If, they, if I take them to St. Croix, I guess I have to, right? Right. That is a damn good thought, Seb. I have not thought about that one. Is it? You just know they're going to get bucked off. Like, <laughs> he's going to pull some shit. Bro, Your kids are going fine. The, the, the spring is <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's not like Slinky Spring. This shit's got gauge on it. Oh, yeah. You, know, yeah, you yeah. go too far the one way, you out of there. Yeah. yeah. Your, your kids are getting bucked. <laughs> they're going to get yeeted, mate. <laughs> they're going to get some airtime. And Andrew Thang's airtime is going to happen. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> yep. And it's got, you know it's going to yeah, happen. Actually, the, they'll get fucking thrown and then it'll inevitably end up in the other tree, but like knocking down the other tree. <laughs> Andrew will find a way to knock down these two other trees. Long con. 
<laughs> the long gun. <laughs> That's fucked. I have no idea. Like, what if, you know, I hope the Anissa tree is still there. So that it can get knocked down by your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> by Andrew throwing your daughter into it. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment of him being sweet? Or a brother to his little sister? Volunteering, man. He always volunteered his time for causes and people that were just less fortunate than he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, Bryce, he was a fucking dick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we loved him to death. You know, he he meant well, but that's just the language that he spoke. That's just, you had to learn how to deal with that in order for him, in order to earn his loyalty. And that's just the way that it was. You had to learn how to fire back. I get that. I remember his stank left-handed jump shot. (laughs) He was just so competitive, man. He was the kind of person that brought the best out of you because you were furious. Mm. And uh, if you were mature enough or just cool enough to understand that that you could use that to your advantage and he would want to be around you, you know? Steel sharpened steel kind of thing. And that's what I missed about him, especially when it comes to music. He He would force me to be better. And I'm the kind of person that really needs that. Thank you so much to Brian for being a guest and for the support and to Coco Brunnen for the music. Get stoked for next week where we talk with Anna about the latest and the greatest in rice cooker technology and how awkward it is when you know your mom's doctors. As always, tell your friends about us, do cool things, and if you liked it, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.